Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Andrew Aguilar titled, The Table. How you guys doing? Good. I am so excited to talk with you guys today. That's what we're doing. We're talking. All right, family? We're talking today. Is that okay if we just talk? I don't want to just like preach at you because we're brothers and sisters. That, that is something that I will never forget. I learn from you. You learn from me. We're all big, happy family. <laughs> you didn't know you were going to come see Mr. Rogers today, huh? Just kidding. <clears throat> um, man, I see uh, like five different directions right now, and I want to hit a little bit of each thing, but before I do, um, let's pray. Cool? Um, close your eyes, please. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for giving so that we can receive everything that our Heavenly Father has for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son. Thank you for giving your greatest joy so that we can be your children again. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. I thank you that you fill this room. Not only this room, but you fill us. You fill us from the inside. And on this day, years ago, the day of Pentecost, you came and you broke in. So I thank you for what you did. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you that each one of us in this room is anointed. that there's no high up position for the man or woman of God, but we are all equal in your eyes. I thank you, Lord, that you have created us equal because we're your children. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your nearness and your goodness. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm a dad as most of you know, of four children. I love my kids. Um, They are, besides my wife, the best thing that has ever happened to me. And we could agree, my wife and I, Hannah, we agree that they are the best thing that we have ever done in our life. The best thing. The the. our most prized possession besides Jesus, they are the best thing that has ever happened to us. Uh, I'm an earthly father. I'm obviously not a heavenly father because I'm here talking to you face to face in the flesh. I'm just a man. I'm just a normal person, just like you. Some of you are female, so not exactly like, you get what I'm saying, flesh. Talking flesh, matter, we're here. Um, So with my kids, I've introduced them to Narnia. 
How many of you guys like Narnia? C.S. Lewis. How many of you guys like C.S. Lewis? You're like, Narnia's for children. Ah, no, 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 no. And uh, we were watching Prince Caspian the other day. Oh, hey. Picture? Sorry. Making sure you get a good one. Um, I know they're always talking about that stuff. We got to get good pictures. It's just like, tell Pastor Gray to stop and post. You know, like, then you'll get a good one. No, I'm just kidding. Please don't post that. Um, I've introduced him to Prince Caspian. And one thing, I'm pretty positive that this is the one that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus, you're good. This is referring to the day of Pentecost. Because, um, I have so many loving people that are like, oh, are you going to talk about this? Are you going to do this? Hey, this is going on. This is going on. And I think this is uh, everything, every little detail matters. So on the day of Pentecost, remember, 120 are in the room, waiting, praying, in unity, like there, there had never been. So much anticipation, waiting for what Jesus promised. And he came. Fire fell, right? Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's amazing. As I was watching this movie with my kids, and I swear, our third, our third oldest, <laughs> Josiah, uh, he, all day long, he carries around a wooden sword. So everyone else who has children and kids in ministry, I'm sorry. If he, he doesn't have the sword at church. But when he gets home, that sword is in his hand. And I swear, he thinks he, he could whoop on dad with a sword. And I, I kind of believe that he can. <laughs> this guy is so intense. He is our most intense child. You, you'll, you'll just come up to him and be like, what's up, buddy? He'll, like, he'll get in his stance. I did, I did teach him. I taught him his moves. He learned everything from me. He is taking it. My ceiling is truly his floor, though. Uh, he is intense like crazy. But um, in Narnia, in this... Sorry, let's get back to the, the main thing. Can't. They go... So these Narnians, the, 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 this is not even my main message, so I got plenty of time. We're good. So... The, the kings and queens of Narnia that have been uh, assigned their authority through Aslan, which Aslan in Narnia represents the Father, represents Jesus, the Holy Spirit. He really, Elohim, right? Like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's what that word means. That's what he represents. They, they have, they're familiar with Narnia, but then this time they leave, they get brought back. And they, when they get back, their Narnia has changed. Like it, their castle is now ruins, and they find their stuff. But throughout the whole movie, spoiler alert, sorry guys, it's like old. If you haven't, if you don't know the story, it's your fault. Uh, I mean, like before the movie came out, you could have read the book. Like remember books? You guys remember books? Oh. So, um, so throughout the whole movie, Lucy, the youngest one, is looking for Aslan. And she has a dream. And in her dream, she's, she's on the search. In, in reality, she's looking for Aslan. She's looking for him. Just as the 120 were looking. She's looking. 
but they had already been dubbed kings and queens. But she's back again and she's looking. She's looking for Aslan. Because before, he saved them. See, Narnia was in ruins and they needed help and there was division and and brokenness and when they left, it wasn't like that. They came back and everything is turned upside down. The animals that that were peaceful are now wild and one of the animals actually attacks Lucy but she's approaching it, trying to talk to him and say hi, but it attacks her, and he, she's so stunned. Her heart's broken. She's like, what happened to, to my kingdom? She's looking for Aslan. She's looking, and in her dream, she sees Aslan. The trees were alive before, and they were dead, but in her dream, they were alive. They made a way for her, and she sees Aslan in the distance. And he walks, she walks to her, him. She walks to Aslan. And she says, well, I found you. Where, where were you? And he says, child, I, I don't do things the same way twice. So today on the day of Pentecost, I believe he's not going to do it the same way as he did before. Pentecost is inside of you. You function in your place, in your moment of Pentecost every single day. We remember the day when Pentecost fell, when, when the Holy Spirit fell on that day. But from that day forward, whew, everything changed. We cannot look for things to be done the same way, the familiar way, how they used to, what used to happen in history. He wants us to open our minds to him and take off the limitations of what our father can do. We cannot limit him to our mere knowledge of what he's done in the past. That's for faith and that's for trust. We remember the things he did in the past so that we can remain faithful when we're in the unfamiliar. So that's uh, not my message. (laughs) I'm going to take this down. Um, I want to talk to you about something that maybe he is going to do it the same way. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Sorry, sound people, Anthony and Lynn. You guys are amazing. Seriously, give them some love. Give them some love. This is a table. You're welcome. I almost crushed my Bible and my iPad. This isn't an iPad. This is an L pad. A legal pad. Get it? (laughs) This is a table. We're going to talk about the table today. Can I have a tissue? Right there. Waterworks. Thank you. Um, we'll spray that down later. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, Taylor, on the camera. You're probably like, so you people viewing on YouTube, I love you. Sorry for the craziness. 
This is a message that uh, in 2016, the Lord put on my heart the message of sonship. See, when we said yes to Jesus, we said yes to an inheritance for leaving our old person behind and living in a new life with him in communion. Okay, what does that mean? What is, like, communion, uh, new life. I'm still the same person as I was before. I still struggle. But he says I'm a new creation. Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm-hmm. He says I'm redeemed, I'm restored, but I still feel broken. Mm-hmm. Welcome to earth. Yeah. Have you guys read this book, Sonship, Bobby Connor? This is a new uh, edition of The Shepherd's Rod. You remember when he came in February? A lot of people kind of forget because, like, we had Bobby Connor, and he, he just, like, laid down some, some huge, huge stuff. But then we had a conference, like, what, two weeks later or something? And uh, Cindy Jacobs came. That was the weekend that Bill was here. Like, all this other stuff happened, and I felt like kind of what happened it may not even be true, but like what I saw happen was like Bobby Connor was like, here's this, some keys. And then all of a sudden, like all this other stuff with all these other people came. It was like, and like all this other cool stuff. Cindy Jacobs, we talked about her prophetic words. We talked about the prophetic words of Bill saying all these other people. But then like Bobby, I rem- he's so close to my heart. Like I, I love this guy. He- he's from Texas. He lives in the woods. He's an older person. Everything that I love about people, he is. Like, he's just so cool. Like, I, he's like, I'm going to live till 120. I'm like, oh, you're so cool. Like, what? You can say that? <laughs> you know, like, what? Dude, that is amazing. Like, so I could literally say I would like to be like him because he's so many things that I... It, like characteristic wise that I'm not he's so bold I really admire him it's good to have like spiritual fathers that you admire you understand right so if you don't have those people you need to get one doesn't matter how old you are huh? trust me I think he's pretty much older than everyone in this room so he could be your anyways he wrote this book and he said that in this in this book about sonship he had an encounter with the wrong person I'm like Bobby he had an encounter with the devil. Like, you don't want to talk about that. What the heck? The room's so quiet. Like, <laughs> but like I said, he's, he's pretty cool. And it was about this message of sonship. I want to read you the quote. He says, I'm totally convinced the message most hated and feared by all hell is the message of divine sonship. Grab this concept. Imagine that we can end all the struggle right now if you truly believed in who the Lord has made you to be. All these struggles of identity, of your brokenness, It could all end. If we truly come into alignment with who God has created us to be. 
We're in a place right now in our nation that there's turmoil. Feels like the whole place has gotten turned upside down. Yeah. How's that affecting you? Child. Who he's created you to be. Let's talk about that. Who has he created us to be? Me. Andrew. And you. You. Who are we? I ask this question. I mean, the world asks this question. Who am I really? The word says that we are sons, that we are ambassadors. Pastor Greg talked about the kingdom a couple weeks ago and the week before and talked about our identity as ambassadors, as having an inheritance. Cool. That's excellent. Let's talk some facts. You like facts? Okay. At the beginning of time, God created the heavens and the earth. The day that he rested, he created man, right? Remember this? He breathed into man. God breathed into Adam. Who was Adam? I've asked so many people this question, especially our youth group. Who was Adam? Most people say the first man, and that is absolutely correct. You know what Luke says? Luke 3.37. Luke, you remember who he was, the guy who wrote Luke? (laughs) Details about him. He was a physician, a doctor, intelligent, educated. This man, from Joseph to Adam, laid out the genealogy of Jesus. In 37, it says, let's go there. Luke 3, 37. You guys like your Bibles? You guys bring your Bibles to church or you bring your cell phone? Cell phone's not a Bible. It has the Bible, but it dies. So (laughs) this doesn't die. (laughs) This also doesn't send push notifications. The Holy Spirit does that. Your push notification should be your Holy Spirit that you walk every day with. The one who reminds you to spend time with your your father. We'll talk about that later. 37, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mechilil, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, The son of God. You see, when God breathed, when he breathed into Adam, Adam's eyes filled and locked eyes with the heavenly father. He's locking his eyes. And your father says, just one glance from your eyes, you ravish my heart. Everything that I feel inside about you, so much love, compassion, I love you. You are an expression of your heavenly father. We can look at art, but not fully understand the artist. We look at ourselves. That's why it's important to know 
the meaning behind the art. See, the meaning for why you are here is because there was a desire that could not be fulfilled until you came. That desire is in your father. Not your earthly father, though they love you. Even if it didn't feel like it, they do. But your heavenly father had the deepest desire for you. See, Ephesians 1 talks about from the foundation, you were a dream. You were a dream of your heavenly father. You are not some far off runt that is unwanted. He didn't breathe into Adam and go, get up, scumbag, time to do my work, work my field. He said, son, I love you. I have waited for you. I, oh, Jesus, come here. Holy Spirit, come on. These are my children. They ravished my heart. They're the best thing I ever did. See, I created this for them so that they could steward because I have so much to share, so much to teach them. Oh, I just want them to know me. Just look into my eyes again. It feels so good. I've waited for you. So it's 2018. He waited for me in 1989. He waited for my wife in 1990. He waited thousands of years for you. His dreams are still coming true today. See, we have to get the right perspective on life. The reason why we're having shootings in schools is because we do not value life. Though we are believers, we need to have the correct perspective on who we really are. When I can look at myself in the mirror and say, high five, God, you did a great job. Thank you for making me. It is really easy to love my neighbor. Do we want to solve the violence on our streets? Start loving. You want to see this next generation who has nothing but word curse after word curse and lack of leadership after lack of leadership. Fathers not rising up to do what their jobs are. You need to start loving. You and me. Do we want to see change? You are the change. He breathed into you. He redeemed you and me. We're the change. We can't sit back in church and just think everything is going to work out. That's not what he said. He said all creation groans and testifies in the waiting for the children of God to arise. The earth is waiting for us to stop messing around and start being a son of God. Thanks, Jesus. All right, so 
We know who we are, right? We're called. We're called to be children of God. We're called because he loves us. We're called because we're a dream. The serpent, crafty in all he does. You remember, though, the one that Jesus stomped on his head? That guy? He may have been crafty before, but you have something living inside of you that can tell you where to move the chess pieces of your life in the most accurate way so that you will never struggle, so that when these things pop up in your life, you'll know how to handle them. You say, oh, this needs to be, we'll talk about that in a second. I want to give more clarity to what I'm saying. So our father, Adam, the father of all humanity, looked to your left and your right, literally, fact, we came from the same person. I don't care what you look like. You look like me. I look like you. We breathe the same air. We taste the same food. We enjoy the same things. We desire the same things too. Every child wants to be accepted. Every child wants to be loved. Every child wants to be heard. We're all the same. We believed a lie that took us out of our seat at the table. This is a sad table. The king's table stretches as far as you can see, has food. And if you're vegan, it has grass. <laughs> Whatever you enjoy, it has it. For all you coffee connoisseurs, there's lattes and cappuccinos and Ethiopian blah. <laughs> and it stays hot. It stays nice and right to the taste that you like, how, how you enjoy it. See me, I like, I like protein. That's not the king's table. But when we believed a lie, we got up from the table. The table is the most important thing in life. Period. Why? Let me tell you. Hmm. The best way to explain this is to go to a portion of scripture in 2 Samuel 9. 2 Samuel 9. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you can read it for yourself later. Because <clears throat> it just, I want to get going. David. You guys remember David in the Bible? The dude who killed lions and bears and giants. And he was anointed the king when he was a son. He was nothing but a, a kid in the, in the wilderness looking over some sheep. Nothing for him. He's just doing his thing, getting all tan, killing lions. You know, what we all do. Just kidding. The Lord anoints this guy. 
Samuel goes, this is him. This is the one the, the Lord's anointed. Later in life, he's, he's being hunted down by Saul. But as that starts, he makes a best friend named Jonathan. Remember Jonathan? David and him are homies. And then David stabs him in the back because he fell in love with his wife. But he made a promise to Jonathan. He made a promise that he would always take care of his family. Not in the context of their friendship. It, it was, his heart was corrupted and he repented. David did. But he stayed true to the promise that he made to his friend. Now Saul and Jonathan die. Jonathan had a son. And I think it's in 2 Samuel 4 that we first hear about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son, one of them. And the person who was taking care of him, when that person heard that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead, and David is now king, see, Saul's kingdom opposed David. So what happens when a king dies and another king is in power? The other kingdom will take over, right? But this is the working of the Lord. See, Saul, he broke his promise to the Lord. That's why he blessed David. They pass on. The caretaker of this boy, Mephibosheth, picks him up, starts to run, and while she's escaping for fear of her life and his, she dropped him. And his feet are now lame. He's lame in both feet. Flash forward, however many years are in between, I don't know, but David remembers his promise to his friend Jonathan. Mephibosheth now is found in this place called Lodibar. Lodibar, whatever you want to call it. L-O-D-E-B-A-R. It means land of barrenness. He's there to serve the rest of his life. He was a, had an inheritance like a prince. But now he's in fear for his life. The reason why he was in fear is because there were men that did not know the heart of the king, the King David. But some people started to get the point. There would be people who would kill the sons of Saul or the sons of Jonathan that would say, David, look what I did. I did a good thing. I killed this guy. Stabbed him in the back, actually in the belly. You know what David did? He said, you do not kill the righteous. You do not kill the Lord's anointed. This may be gruesome, but he cut that guy into pieces. David says, is there anyone left in the house of Ziba? Or in, in the house of, from Jonathan's line. Ziba is the dude who's like, hey, I serve Saul. There's one guy left. His name's Mephibosheth. 
He's living in this area away from the king's table. David says, go and get him. Bring him to me. His men show up. Mephibosheth, where are you at? He's in fear. He has no idea what's going to happen. He gets brought before David. What do you want with me? David says to him, I made a promise to your father that I'll take care of you. And he says, this is the orphanhood spirit that we struggle with, you and I. What would you want with a dead dog like me? I'm lame in both feet. I've lived in this place of barrenness. My father was not faithful to the Lord. My, my grandfather was not faithful to the Lord. This is my lineage. What do you want with me? I don't deserve anything. And he says, I want you to sit at my table all the days of your life. This is the message right now, right here, that you need to know so that you can tell everyone you know. You are not defined by your past. You are not defined by your lameness, by your mistakes. You are not defined by your forefathers, your mom and dad, what they did. You are not defined by that. You are defined by his breath that he breathed into you and the promises that he speaks to you even today. You are defined by Jesus Christ of Nazareth who went up on the cross and died for you and I. Our Heavenly Father sees you as blameless. He sees you as perfect. We get this mind, mindset and we think that Jesus is so unattainable. But Jesus says, no, you will do greater things than I did. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe the lies that you amount to nothing. You will do greater. That's why I died. I didn't die in vain. I didn't die so you could struggle. Guys, what are we leading people to? Are we leading, saying, hey, follow the Jesus that I follow so, I can, so you can struggle just like me? No. What gospel are we living by? What are we truly presenting to the world? We wonder, I was just in a meeting the other day, and someone said, I can't get my kid to go to church. The person who is leading that meeting looks at me and says, Andrew, would you like to say something? And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I wasn't leading the meeting. I was just there as a parent. The Lord in his faithfulness said, remind them, it's not about church. It's about what you're presenting. We talk about the seven mountains and how we're supposed to be influential. But how are you being influential? Are you saying, here, brother, you got to repent from your sin. You got, we get in people's faces and it's so like, a price, it's not welcoming. If I got this close to you and talked to you in your face, you'd be like, back up. What are you doing? I don't want to breathe your air. What are we presenting to people? Because the father that I fell in love with, he grabbed my heart. 
my wife shared her testimony of an encounter that she had with the Lord. She was living a double life. Only for a moment. She repented and journaled down everything the Father told her. And when she told me the promises of the Father, that is what drew me in. I said, wait a second. How come you're accepted and I'm not? This is, what? You don't have to hate your life? Wait, you, when you struggle, you're not defined by your struggle? It's too good to be true. She says, test it for yourself. See, I was hungry. Your people that you live life with, that you do work with, that you see every day, they're hungry for the truth. And the truth is they do need to repent. They do. We know that. But before that, they need to be loved. Because it's not our job to make anyone believe. It's our job to love. It's the Holy Spirit's job to draw them in. See, I was drawn in to the table. I was drawn. I didn't know. I have an awesome mom and an awesome dad, awesome family. My dad's a great friend of mine. I love to fish, and he loves to fish. We love the outdoors. We do adventures together. I was raised, I was raised right. But there was still something that I did not understand, and it's not my parents' fault. I didn't understand that life away from this table, I really could never find who I really was. See, David said, Mephibosheth, sit at this table. And this is the struggle. We'll sit there for a day, and then we go back. And then here comes Sunday again. We'll sit back at the table, and then we'll go back. Then we'll sit at the table, and then we'll go back. It repeats itself. Lodi bar is a mindset. The place of barrenness is a mindset. See, Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Metanoia, change the way you think. That's what God's going to do today. He's going to change the way we think about who we are and about who he is and about where we came from. He's going to change the way we think. See, everyone who leaves this building today is now going to stop thinking like an orphan and start thinking like a son. C.S. Lewis says, the highest form of pride is the inability to receive. The battle's this, I'm at the table, I don't deserve this. You know what really strikes orphanhood thinking? When you elevate somebody else. 
I say, you sang so great today. That was amazing. What about me? You know how you're really not functioning as an orphan when you're functioning as a son? It's when you can partake in the elevation of others. Another way is you could talk about money. Got really quiet. See, life at the king's table is like this. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. And in fact, you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. Jesus himself did what the Father did. How many times, I challenge you to find it in scripture, does it say he reclined at the table? The reason for his reclining is he saw his Father do it. It's what he did with his son in heaven. Son, sit at my table. I wanna share my plans with you. This is how we're gonna save the world. Everything at that table, that table is intimacy where he can see into you. And you can see into him. At the table, spiritual warfare. We talk about this all the time. Sons and daughters, the amount of spiritual warfare that's required of you, this is all it is. There's flies flying around your table. You ever go to a picnic? (laughs) You eat outside, barbecue, whatever. This is your amount of spiritual warfare. This is the power that is inside of you. You Mr. Miyagi the heck out of that fly. (laughs) Boom. The power of your words. Life and death. Shut up, devil. You have no power. You Mr. Miyagi that fly, and then you go, I'm at my table with my king. I do not leave this place. The valley of the shadow of death is there. We're passing through. This thing's on wheels. It's on a cart. I got to sit at this table and he carries me. I'm comforted all the days of my life because he's right beside me. And I'm at his table. He shares his promises with me. We sang about them this morning. He says, look, there's no shadow I won't light up. There's no mountain I won't climb up. I'm coming after you. There's no wall. No river? The temptations had a best, right? They, they had a revelation deeper than the disciples did. They were saying about Jesus. That's why the storm didn't even affect Jesus. Jesus, wake up, what's going on? He's like, shut up, I'm at my king's table taking a nap. What are you doing? That doesn't affect me. I'm at my father's table. Storms will happen all around us, but it's not going to affect you. I'm not talking about ignoring problems, acting as if they're not there. I'm talking about not allowing influence of those problems in your life. Those problems to shift the way you think. Oh, I'm in a financial bind again. I must not be a son. You said you'd provide for me. 
all the days of my life, that your plan is to prosper me, to give me a hope and a future. God, where's the prosperity? Come on, man. That's orphanhood thinking. It doesn't say you won't struggle. There's a lesson that we're all learning. We're all in different seasons. It is still his plan to prosper you. This is why Jesus came. So that he can knock on your door, the door of your house. He says, come on, Mephibosheth. You need to sit at the table. For the rest of your days, you're under my covering. For the rest of your days, in spite of your lameness, in spite of your brokenness, that does not define who you are. You're royalty. You're a son of the king. And you know when I say sons, daughters too, don't get all weird. <laughs> you're a son. You're a daughter. You have an inheritance. You're connected to our father. The most important words that Jesus said, he said this. Pray like this. Our father. Those two words. Those two words right there. In those two words, he gave back our inheritance. In those two words, all hell was bound, bound up. In those two words, we now received victory. That is the work of the cross. Your inheritance restored. It is not only salvation. Salvation, I'm going to live my life so close to the Father, so knitted at the table, that when anyone ever tries to get away, tries to pull me away from this, I'm going to punch him in the face, get off my back, I'm with my Father, and when I die in this life, I'm going to just keep going in the next. Our conversation will not even have a break in it. Father, what are you doing? I love you so much. Thank you for your promises. And he's going to sit there continuing his conversation with me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. My life extends beyond this one. So does yours. Our Father. Jesus was so connected that he desired the will of his Father more than his own. He knew what had to be done. Are you so in love with your life that you are not willing to die for what you believe in? See, a generation right now is groaning and, and broken because people have said words that they're not willing to live by for generations. says, the hearts of the fathers will turn to their children and their children to the fathers. Our 
representation of the Father is Jesus, who gave it all. The Father gave it all for his children. The children will turn to the fathers, just like you and I have turned to the Father if our hearts turn to them. This is an invitation. This is an invitation for you in all that you have to start sharing your inheritance with those who are not at the table yet. This is an invitation for you to wake up and stop being defined by the situations that are around you in the valley of the shadow of death, but you to influence them. See, this king's table overflows. Your cup overflows continually. It's pouring on the ground. He said that thousands of years ago. There's probably lakes of promises that we have not even tapped into. There's lakes of overflow that we have yet to even partake in. I want to pray for you. Um, ministry team, if you're serving today, we're going to do an altar call for people who desire to have their thinking renewed. What I saw this morning is our minds are like, our minds are durable, but we need to clean them off. So I saw the Lord taking his shirt and polishing our minds. Renewing our thinking. So that's what we're going to pray for today. After service, after I pray for you, and after we're dismissed, if you desire, if you need someone to pray with you, we're going to have a team here for you to do that, and that's what we're going to pray for, for our thinking to be renewed, okay? All right, sons and daughters of, of the living king, could you stand up? I'm going to speak a blessing over you. You are the Lord's anointed. You were called and destined for greatness. There's promises for you that overflow in your cup that you will partake in the second you leave this room. You will not be dis, uh, labeled by your circumstances. You will not believe the lies from this day forward. You will function as a true son and daughter of the living king. You have been redeemed, restored. You have what it takes. There is nothing that can stop you. The whole earth has been groaning and waiting for you to arise. The earth is under your control. It is yours to steward. You will start to see abundance in your life. I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you will get up from your mat and you will take it and you will walk out of this room, not lame, not broken, not defined by your circumstances, but defined by how the Heavenly Father sees you. When you open your mouth, all heaven, all heaven will move and all hell will shake. When you walk into your workplace, you will not be defined by your past, but the work that you do, the Lord will bless. He has blessed it and he will continue to bless it. The lack that you have in your life, you are not defined by. He will come through. He will give his provision to his children because he said, ask me for bread and I will not give you a stone. Trust my timing, my children. I'm here. I see you. You're not forgotten. You have not been thrown to the wayside. You are still at my table. Sit with me here all the days of your life. I want to tell you who you are. I want to share with you my plans. I want, to, I want to dine with you. I want to tell you how much I love you all the days of your life. So Holy Spirit, as your son, as your daughters, what you do, we will do. What you say, we will say. Where you go, we will go. How you see others, we will see others. We submit our minds to the mind of Christ. We ask that you would bind our thinking to yours. Let us be correct representations about the, what was represented to us. What was presented to us. The man, Christ Jesus in flesh. Let us live a life like his and take it even to the next level like you promised. God, it is not by our own strength. It is not by our own will, but it's by yours. We have nothing beside you. Like Without you, God, we have nothing. We are nothing without you. It's your inheritance that's made us who we are. All of it is yours, God. Not on our own strength. But now we come under your covering as sons and daughters of the living king. not merely workers of the kingdom, but true divine children that you created from the beginning of time. That the life that you breathed into Adam, you breathed into us. We love you, Jesus. If you need prayer, our, our ministry team will be here for you. If you're gonna leave right after this, be blessed. Share the love with those around you. Never miss a moment. Every second of the day is for you to enjoy your heavenly father. Day and night, night and day, it's for you to, to, to partake in the table. Do not leave the table. Don't worry about what's around you. The warfare, the struggle, you swat those flies away. That's all it is. They have no power. They have no influence. The war is won. 
So walk in victory. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Love you guys. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.